cheers. 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 Yep, that's us. That's just a taste of what you're in for. You're listening to the Wine and Whiteboards podcast miniseries, Drunken Marketing. We're here to drink some wine and share ridiculously hilarious and real marketing experiences with you. We're all part of a B2B marketing team and work together at our nine to five. Sometimes working in marketing can be funny, annoying, or just straight up weird. Our team is going to give you a behind the scenes look at marketing while sharing hilarious stories and situations that we found ourselves in. Let's be real. Some of these stories may not have been funny at the time, but in hindsight, they make us laugh and we've grown to become better marketers because of them. So grab a glass of wine and join us as we tell you the lessons we've learned the hard and funny way. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wine and Whiteboards Drunken Marketing. Today, we're going to be talking about traveling for work. Obviously, this is a little bit historic, I guess I should say, since none of us have traveled since COVID. However, we're hoping that soon in the near future we will be able to, but that doesn't mean that we don't have some uh, interesting and perhaps hilarious stories to tell you regarding our traveling journeys. So, Today, we're going to jump in and share those stories with you. I think the first place we want to start is the car rentals. And I actually think this story is hilarious because poor Kelly, like, I feel like this was, this was your trip, like, I, one of your first trips, like, with the team. And, like, Kelly took on the responsibility of managing our car or get, booking our car rental. So it was in her name. And the car rental place said that our car never got returned, even though we clearly went and returned the car. Yeah, so I took on the rental because the place, we went out for the Create and Cultivate event, but we also have like a hub of our business that's out in LA as well. And so we were going to visit them first. I had been there already. um, So I had basically taken this flight, you know, I've rented a car from the same company and I knew the path of whatever. So I was like, yeah, guys, I'll get it. I've done this before. Not a big deal. Um, We only were going to have the car for a couple of days, not the full trip, because when we were staying downtown, we didn't want to have to pay for parking, all of that great stuff. Right. So we set it up to pick it up at the airport. We're dropping it off at a separate location, which is their location. I looked up all the spots that they could have us, you know, pick up or return cars. So the day comes for us to return it, and we were actually going to be a little bit late because obviously LA traffic's not great. We also wanted to go to uh, the Santa Monica Pier, and we had dinner out there. So we were just like a little bit late, but I called the place ahead of time to say, hey, I'm returning the car. It says you close at five or six or something, right? And we were like, we're going to be like an hour late. And the person on the other end was like, that's fine. Not a problem. You're just going to go to where they do valet because it was a hotel go to the garage, you're gonna do a ballet, get a ticket and drop it off in the box upstairs, right? Sounds normal. I've done this many other times where you do this type of thing with car rentals. So we get to the place, we get the valet ticket, we go, we drop off the box. Like there is a booth there, like this company. So we drop off the ticket, we're walking around this hotel, then we go and we take an Uber back to our hotel, right? Bingo, bango, thought it was all done. So. Uh, we get back home. This is probably like a week later. And I get this phone call from the car rental company. That's like, excuse me, we're just wondering when you're going to return the car rental that you have. Like, uh, when? I already did. I'm like not even in your same state anymore. Like we definitely returned it a while ago. 
And they're like, oh, well, we don't have it. So I don't know what the deal is. I'm like, well, it went to a hotel. I'm sure there's cameras everywhere that see us getting out of this car, getting the valet ticket and dropping it off. So I went back and forth with like that, that location, their manager was from a different spot, like calling me and leaving me voicemails that I was going to be charged for all these days that the car was not being returned. And then come to find out they don't even like really check in on this location because it's in a hotel. So they're like, oh, we didn't know. I'm like, you saw my reservation. I was returning it to this hotel. Why would you not go and look for the car there? So it ended up being a fiasco that had to be dealt with for probably a good month and a half after our trip had ended. It was just ridiculous until they finally went and got it. I was like, thank God they finally went and checked it. It actually was there. Like the valet people are pulling a Ferris Bueller on us and taking our like what? Like it was not a minivan, but it was like what, like a regular SUV, you know, out for just joy rides. Yeah. I guess like to be fair, that booth did look very like deserted. Like I don't know, it didn't really look like anyone had been there in a while. So I guess like the lesson learned is like if something looked deserted and like maybe no one works there, probably no one works there. Didn't they say like they don't even like send or they don't even have like anyone on staff there anymore? Like they don't. They don't staff it. Right, but then who did I talk to when I called? You guys were in the car. You heard me confirm that it was fine, and they gave us the right steps to do. I just so remember Kelly, Kelly telling us what happened, and I was, like, trying to go through it in my mind and picture it and be like, was the person that we gave the keys to the actual valet? Like, were they wearing a valet thing? Or do we just give it to this, like, homeless person or a crazy person, and then they've been joyriding for the past week plus, you know? I'm like, huh. Well, it was like... A four, it was like a, I don't know, 2018, like, Ford Escape. Like, it's not like we had a fancy car. <laughs> well, and it's funny because I remember us, like, walking through the hotel trying to find the place to return the keys. And we were kind of like, this is so weird. Like, why is it like this? This doesn't make sense. We've never returned a car in this type of manner before. Like, the whole thing just felt really weird and kind of sketchy. So it doesn't surprise me that they didn't find the car right away. But... It was, it was, it ended up being fine. Yeah, lesson learned. If you are returning it to the not same location that you rented it from, maybe check that it is staffed normally and not just a box that has put your valet ticket in this box here. (laughs) Uh, So one of my other favorite car rentals was Sarah and I driving to Toronto together, a little girls weekend for a conference. We, you know how you always like pick what you kind of want to get and we're like, oh, we'll do an SUV, but we, you know, like sporty, still have a lot of stuff to bring, but we're like, well, it'll fit. And we got there and it definitely wouldn't have fit, Sarah. Like the amount of stuff we had was like, we needed a moving van. So we got an actual van and we're like, oh, Wait, we're just. I, I don't know if I knew this part. Like what no? type of van did you get? We got like, a minivan, not a oh, moving okay. van. Oh, okay. <laughs> You guys actually take like a, like a U-Haul over the border to the conference. Sorry, yeah, that was the best. That, that would have been really analogy. sketchy, I think. <laughs> but no, we filled this thing to the brim. So like, just two girls in a minivan with a whole lot of packaging and like boxes and stuff. And I remember I was like, "Oh, I'll drive, Sarah." Like, I get a little car sick, so we're driving. And about like halfway, Sarah like tells me that technically we weren't supposed to be bringing all this stuff across the border without like paperwork or something because I don't know we had to claim it or whatever it was something to do with crossing borders and swag right or am I wrong Sarah no we're supposed to fill out like I don't know if it was like import export or some kind of shipping paperwork but like I had talked to a lady and she was like 
you can kind of just wing it. Like, since I feel like our stuff wasn't over, like, a certain value or a certain amount, like, we were kind of flying unofficial under the radar. Um, and she was like, mostly it's fine. If you get stopped, call me and, like, gave me a number. And I was like, this, I don't know. Because I think I was scarred from the last time I went across the border with my cousin. And it was, like, two girls in just a car. And they, like, and my cousin, to be fair, blew through the stop sign, which you never want to do when you're crossing the border. And so then we got, like, of course, questioned, and they searched the vehicle, and I felt like I was red flagged ever since then. So, I But know. I remember you and I being very nervous for some reason, like, oh, what are they going to do? Like, are we going to get pulled over? Are we going to be late getting to the conference? Like, we had all these scenarios going through our head, and then now, afterwards, I'm like... They think we're going to try and get into Canada. Like, we're sneaking into Canada. It's really not a big deal. Yeah, it was very... We flew right through there. Like, I feel like it took, like, a matter of minutes. So, it was a lot of worry and hype for nothing. I like that you made a friend, and this lady was just like, yeah, call me if you have any problems. That sounds like a very Canadian thing. I also don't feel like Canadian jail would be that bad. I feel like they probably serve you, like, pancakes and syrup, like, for breakfast in the morning. And, like, it's all, like... All right, good morning. I don't know. <laughs> Rising shine. Like, yeah. But my favorite part was that we left. So, like, they kind of keep track of how many people are in the cars and stuff when they cross the border and when they come back, I guess. It's, like, on record. And I remember them saying, like, because we, we went there and it was only Sarah and I. And then we came back and we brought Max with us on the way back because he had flown there and then decided to come drive with us. And so we like left the U.S. with two American women and we came back with an Asian man. And I just remember them looking at us so questioning, like, um, what? Like, okay, you have an extra passenger. All right. Keep going, I guess. Like, do they, it was keep, do they keep track of that? Do they keep track of like when you when you go over and what you come back with? I guess I've never driven over the border. To I Canada. don't know. I don't think they do. Think about because like. They ask where you're going, yeah. and they ask, like, it, you have to declare, like, firearms and technically alcohol and things like that, right? And, like, you can't take firewood and stuff, but... Because think about how quickly you can go over and come back, and, like, I don't think they have enough time. Like, a lot of times you hand them your documentation, right? And then they just look at it, and then they're like, okay, go ahead. Like, they don't even look at their computer to see, like, oh, this car came through before with this many people. You know, like, I guess it would depend on if you got brought back into, like pulled off to the side to deep dive into it maybe it was the same person because like I remember him saying weren't it wasn't it just the two of you the other time like when you came through so maybe it was just like the same guy because I was like well I guess they must just keep track because he noticed it was more than two people the last time we came through I don't know I guess I didn't think through it that quick Probably depends on how sketchy, like, your passengers and stuff look, too. Because I feel like when I was younger, since the drinking age in Canada is 19 and it's 21 here, we used to go all the time in college. And Mm -hmm. they definitely have their tricks. Like, they would always ask, like, oh, where did you go? What did you do? And I think one time we were in the car and someone said, like, the casino. And we didn't go to the casino, so I don't know why anyone said that. And you get a stamp when you go to the casino. And then they're like, okay, let me see everyone's stamps. And then no one had a freaking stamp from the casino. And he's like, well, why did you lie? Why did you say you went to the casino? What were you doing anyways? Like, Or what were you doing Like, other than that? And I don't know. It was a whole mess. And the car had to get searched. And the dogs had to come sniff out the car. Mm, oh, no. oh, gosh. Wasn't good. Not where you want to be at 3 a.m. 
for those who don't know, since we are in Metro Detroit, like we can literally just drive right over the bridge to Canada. Like it's very easy access. Like the tunnel's faster. Oh, I see. I've never, I've ran through the tunnel because I've done like the Detroit marathon. Um, I did not run the marathon. I we, did a, we did it together. Yeah. We, we did it back in like 2012. But I had like the Canada side and I had to run through the tunnel and it was very like claustrophobic feeling to run through the tunnel. But yeah, I don't like bridges and tunnels. Like I, I've always hated tunnels. And then the whole thing with like Minneapolis and the bridge collapsing that I was, I've been terrified of bridges ever since. Cause like my mom used to take that bridge every day to work. So then I was like, oh my God, that could have been her. Like there was, it was a huge deal. And I, I don't know if you guys remember it. From yes, Detroit. I, I remember I it. It's definitely yes. national news. Yeah. So like every time I'm on the, a big bridge, I'm like, it's okay. Like I'm like meditating, <laughs> trying to be okay. I actually used to have this device in my car because I don't like bridges that it's one side of it is like a metal pointy thing that can break your window. And the other side is a razor blade because it can slice off your seatbelt so that if you were to go overboard or whatever, you can easily get yourself out. I was just saying, look at the survival woman over here. No, it's just because I'm afraid of bridges. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that's for, like, going into water, right? Like, in case you needed to, like, break your win- window yeah. and stuff. I used to be afraid of that. Like, did you guys ever watch, like, I feel like weird Rescue 911 shows when we were little? And for some reason, there were always cars going in water and people who were unable to escape. And I feel like that just seems like a terrifying way to drown or die. Okay. Very Like, slowly, <laughs> it seems like, right? As you're waiting for the water to seep into your car, like... And then, I don't know. I remember when I was younger, there was a woman that, like, got confused at the dead dead end. Like, there was a boat launch. And somehow, she just drove them into the water, like, wow. because it was dark and rainy. I don't really know. Or she was trying to. But it was, like, her and, like, kids. And, like, people could hear them screaming. But they couldn't, like, help them. Anyways, that just took a depressing turn. But I'll... Yeah. But I always think, I need one of those things in case it ever happens. You need to be able to break yourself out. So horrifying. So let's take it back into a fun spin here. (laughs) And now that we've talked about how we get to places and then the car rental issues, now let's actually talk about some fun spot where we actually get to explore new cities that we're at. One of my favorite stories is in Toronto. And we, it was a pretty stressful time. I mean, you know, all conferences are. And so I think it was one of our last nights and Sarah and I were trying to like I don't know, loosen up and stuff. And we're like, oh, we have to go on the needle. Like we have to go and do dinner on the needle. But I looked up online that it was closing pretty soon. So like they were starting to not take service. And the line to get up that is actually quite long, like, cause it's still a touristy thing. And we managed to get up there right when they closed. And I remember being the biggest bitch of my life to tell them, no, you are going to feed us. We are going to have dinner. Like, they let us and apparently making a huge scene was worth it because I got my my chocolate sundae and Sarah got her steak and like everybody had a good old time and we got to have that view. So I don't know. It's important to mention that like number one, whenever you go to a conference or travel for work, it's important to make some time to get out and see the sites. Otherwise, it is very you're in and out and all you see is the airport and like that's not exciting so like definitely make an effort to go out and see things so I'm glad you guys did but like also I have to vouch for Paige because after conferences 
you're like exhausted and you are tired and you are run down and you're like, I want to go home and you've talked to people. And if you're an introvert, it's it's like especially exhausting because you're constantly interacting with people and crowds and that sort of thing. So at the end of a long day, when you're done with the conference and it's wrapped up, I can definitely understand your like your attitude page. <laughs> like it's, it's not easy. It's definitely exhausting. We'll, we'll yeah. give you a pass this one time for being a Karen. <laughs> I know I haven't been a Karen very many, many times in my life, but this was one of them. But the other part in Toronto that I think is my absolute favorite is we were walking around with all of our coworkers. There was probably like six plus of us, Sarah. And I saw this woman start to join two of the guys on the walk. And we're like, what is going on? Like, she's just chatting with them. Like, you know, and all of a sudden we get closer to try and hear what they're saying. And we start to overhear some things that were like, Sarah, like, that's a that's a prostitute. Like, oh, do they not realize? Like, she's asking them, like, where their hotel is and, like, what they're doing. And, like, <laughs> we're like, oh, my God, they're being solicited right now. And they have they had no idea, guys. They were like, so we, clueless. Oh, <laughs> the two people who would never understand they're being hit on or being solicited at, it was them. I think I know who it was. Yeah. <laughs> Like, they were just, they were, well, one of them was also the same person who managed to miss their flight while sitting next to the, like, at the gate. So, if that tells you anything. But they were, they were honestly the two, like, probably nicest, most unassuming, like, adult men. They're, like, middle-aged. Like, they had no idea. They were just chatting with her, like, and then later it was, like, oh, like, she was asking for info. I don't know. It was just very bizarre. And they finally realized what it was. Uh, one of my other favorite things is Katie and I traveling to Vegas. And somehow she convinced our CEO to pay for, I think, four or five of us to do the, one of those ice bars. Because we were walking around and it was one of our last nights. And he was just asking us, like, is there anything you guys, like, really want to do? And Katie's like, ice bar, ice bar. And I'm like, all right, let's ask him. And sure enough, he's like, yeah, let's go do it. And we get there and they like, you know, there's things to upcharge. So they were saying like, oh, you could use these coats or you could upgrade and get these fur coats. Or like, you know, like they have these pimp looking things. And Katie really wanted the pimp coat. And he was going to pay for it. And we're like, no, it's like 30 bucks to wear it for like an hour. It was more. I think that, like, the regular coats were, like, $30 that, like, came with, like, the visit. And if you wanted to wear, like, the furry one, it was, like, 50 or, like, 65 or something like that. And I think he could tell that I really, really, really wanted to wear this, like, rainbow fur jacket into this ice box. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would have bought it, but I felt way too bad. And Paige, I don't know. I did not convince him. I think I was very nice and said, hey, we're going to go to the ice bar. You're welcome to join if you want to. And he was like, yeah, why not? Like, we have a cool CEO. Like, he he likes to hang out and, like, do fun things with us. So, but I wasn't expecting him to go because it was getting kind of late. And I think we had to be up early the next day, but we weren't going to have another opportunity to go. Um, so, I don't know. It was it was a great time. I think when you buy the coat or whatever, you get to have three drinks or something. And, and you have, like, a, what was it, Paige, like, 20 minutes in the ice bar or something like that? I there was, was a 
limited time in the ice bar, but you only had like your drinks for so long. I don't know. The drinks were really, really strong. And however long, like we stayed in there, like, I don't know if they were going to like close or something, but there was no way I could drink the amount of like drinks that came with our whatever ticket by like within our time allotment. No, I had one because it was very sugary too. It's like the quintessential like sugar shot. But the inside was actually really cool because there was an an area where it was like surfing, but everything was made out of ice, obviously. So I have a funny video of Katie and I being stupid and Katie's like surfing. So I'm like, I'm like moving the phone to make it look like it's waves. (laughs) I have no idea. We were a few drinks in. And then there was a Game of Thrones ice like throne too that we could sit in. And I remember just being like, this is where I'm sitting the rest of the time we're in here. And all these other girls were coming by like, I want to take a photo with it. And I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm, we're not moving. <laughs> Paige is so sad. So I know yeah, we have so- these photos. We'll have to share them. Yeah. Like the videos. We'll have to photos and videos. I wish I had been in Vegas with you guys. That bums me out so much. I have Vegas not was a good. Yeah, Vegas was a good time. We did the cabana party for clients. We, Katie and I, like, there was so many of us, so we got to go to dinners at night, and then we, at the end, we stayed a little later, so then we could do the Beatles de Soleil, and that was fantastic. Like, I swear, I felt like I was on drugs when we were sitting there, because it was, like, it was so surreal, the way that they really actually portrayed what the songs were like, and how, you know, their mental state. I, I was fascinated. I don't think the rest of our party with us was super into it, but I was like, ooh, ah. <laughs> Paige, I now realize you said fascinated, but for some reason I thought you said vaccinated for a second. And I was like, I don't get it. You were vaccinated? Totally like, vaccinated. I was super vaccinated. Super vaccinated. So while Vegas obviously is always a good time, Austin is also a very nice city to go to. Um, I don't know if anybody's had a chance to either go for work or just like for fun, but it's super cool. Like they shut down the streets at night. So you can just like walk up and down different restaurants and bars and like it's always packed. So when we were there for a work trip, we were out one night just going to the different bars and whatnot. And we ran into this guy who actually had a Super Bowl ring. He was a coach for, I can't remember which team it was. So he had a ring and he like let all of us try it on and we all got to take pictures with the ring. Um, It literally took up like half of my hand. I have pictures of it, it was pretty cool. Kelly, was he wearing it like a new person who's been engaged and like casually shows their ring all the time? You know what I mean? Like they're, it's just always in view. Yes, um, he literally was, like, seeking people out to be like, oh, hey, look, do you want to wear my ring? Like, da-da-da. So it's like, almost kind of like a prostitute, like, not soliciting for sex, but, like, soliciting to, like, please try my ring and be fascinated by it. Are we sure that, like, this was legit, or do you think that it was just a guy that, like, had a fake one? No, because Max looked him up, like, and so we, like, found him online, and so we all, you know, we all have our pictures with it, and then we also needed to verify that it was legit. I think of like how I met your mother and this is like a Barney thing where he's trying to get laid and he's like, I'm just going to wear a fake Super Bowl ring and see if girls will come like hang out with me. I think he he had someone with him who was like his person to like branch out to get the new people to come up to him. Like that was literally his role. (laughs) So bizarre. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that's not the type of attention I would want. Like that's just not like my thing, but I guess it is some people's thing. Kelly, can you tell us the story of you getting mugged? 
well, the mocking story is not super funny, but also in Austin, there's a follow-up to it. So, yes, I do travel a lot, and so things happen because if you're out and about and whatnot, you know, unfortunate things can happen. And so it was me, a coworker, and then we were actually with, like, a retired detective um, and these group of kids came up and we got mugged, but luckily being with a detective, he knew exactly what to do. So he was like on the phone, like he had been pepper sprayed in the eye, so he couldn't even see anything. And he was able to like still get on the phone, get police going. And so they actually caught the kid who stole like my purse. So I didn't, even, I wasn't even like thinking about it. Like I was just in like shock, but then I realized like the next day I was supposed to fly out. I was like, oh, I don't have ID. I don't have anything. How am I supposed to get on a plane? But because we were with this detective, he was able to, they got him. And so, like, he had shoved, like, um, my ID, my, I had, like, just a couple of credit cards. And I had no cash. I never had any cash. So it's, like, whatever. So he had shoved all that, like, in his sock. And then he had my phone. He had, like, dumped my bag somewhere else. But there really wasn't anything in value, like, in the bag, right? But so when they got him, they found all these cards. Like, he had put them in his sock, and then when he was in the police car, he, like, shoved them under the seat to, like, make it seem like he didn't actually have them. And, like, all these documents were just in the police car for some reason. So technically, I didn't lose anything, right? You know, and it was just an experience that was, like, okay, make you a little bit smarter, more aware, I guess, going forward. So I had my idea I could fly home, whatnot. But fast forward a couple of years, over the situation, right, you, you know, you make do with whatever, we are um, in Austin. We were getting ready to go out before we had met the Super Bowl guy. Um, and one of our coworkers was with us and he's like, guys, I got some gossip for you. Did you know that on a work trip, somebody was assaulted? And I'm sitting across from him and I was like, yeah, that was me. He like had this crazy look of just like, oh shit, oh my God. I'm uh, like trying to figure out what he was supposed to do or say to be like, no, 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 it, it was definitely somebody else. And I'm like, no, no still me like and i just think of friends when like rachel's sister comes over for thanksgiving episode and she's like you remember your fat friend and like she used to date the dorky brother and he's like still me it's all me like that was all i just kept thinking so after all of this what i really want to know about this story is how many times you sanitize your id for it being in someone's sock because that sounds disgusting I don't even think I did because I don't think I even like thought, you know, like, well, because I mean, the police got it, then they gave it back to me. So it's like the police touched it first. I didn't touch it first. Also, this is all like way pre-COVID. So I don't even think I was thinking about germs all that much back then. You. That's what I was going to say. It's all pre-COVID. So I feel like at that point, I'm like, oh, I still eat things off the ground sometimes. So, you know, <laughs> not now. <laughs> It depends where. It depends where you eat it off the ground. In your own home, it's different. <laughs> but like, yeah, there is like my own home. off the ground in public. No, maybe at the office, but that was pretty good. I haven't been back you. there. Now I wouldn't. Now cool. I'd be like, I went at the office. That floor is so disgusting, and it's like, like flooded. Like in your own little QB space, like the yeah. space where you had like tread. I don't know. And well, it remember people like guys. leave toenails on the ground at our office, and so that has know. happened. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> we had a very passive-aggressive email to the whole company of like, please do not leave your toenails or fingernails <laughs> on the ground. Why, We're like, wait, why? someone did this? Yeah, why that had to be an email? Who knows? They didn't know the culprit. Yeah. Okay, they'll never know. 
don't know about you guys, but I do miss all of this. Like, I don't always miss, like, the stress of work and, like, the actual events. But we haven't had any of these funny stories in such a long time because you haven't gotten to see people. Yeah, we're going to run out of stories here pretty soon if we don't get to see each other. Well, until then, I think we're going to keep sharing all these funny little tangents. And hopefully you guys are enjoying them. So with that, cheers, guys. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Drunken Marketing. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the ridiculously hilarious and real marketing experiences from the Wine and Whiteboards team. If you haven't checked out our full-length episodes, pour yourself a glass of your favorite vino and join us. We share marketing tips and design tips on everything from content marketing to website redesign and so much more. Wondering how you can support the show? If you love our podcast, leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe. Share it with your friends, family, enemies, or whoever else you think would enjoy the Wine and Whiteboards podcast. We're always looking for new listeners to add to our wolf pack. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>